Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you that we find ourselves in the house of God, listening to the word of God, being proclaimed by the man of God. We pray, Father God, that your word would come as a good seed planted in our hearts that would give forth good fruit and a harvest that glorifies your name, Lord. We pray that your word would be light unto our feet, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, O God, that it would be the good seed planted in good hearts, Lord, that it would be the bread of life that would nourish our spirit. We thank you, O God, that the house of God, your word does not return void, but you send it out to accomplish a purpose. So we pray today we would be receptive to your word. Wash us with the blood of Jesus. Give us clarity in our understanding, O God. Enlighten us to see your hand upon our life. Prosper your word in our hearts, in our families, in our marriage, in our finances, O God. Allow us to think like you, O God. Allow us to see your provision way before it comes to pass. We pray, O God, that we might be those that inherit a fruitful harvest in our future, Lord, as a result of your divine providence. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Genesis 1.1 says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the mindset that he is the original pattern for all things. He's the model. We don't have to figure it out. From beginning to end, God has determined the ingredients and the substance of our prosperity. So we don't have to come up with new ideas. We need to tap into God's mind frame, what he set forth in motion. And if we stay in that course, it will go well with us. His intention for us is powerful. Usually when people are reading uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, they love that verse. That's the favorite verse of the majority of Christians, knowing the plans, the thoughts of peace and not bad things that God has for us in the future. If we believe that, we wouldn't worry one day of our lives. There would be no worry for any of our future. Uh, every time my sons, as they grew up through high school and now in their early college days, they're saying, Dad, how will I know it will go well with me? I said, because you honor God, period. That's the substance of prosperity. If you have a heart to honor God, everything will go well with you. And, and the, the manifestation of your future will reflect that reality. Now, when do we get full of worry and thoughts of peace are gone and evil resides in our heart when our future does not include God or his plans. And so that is the substance of our prosperity is the fact that our thoughts are in God and our conduct manifests God's. When people look at my life, they're like, how do you do it? God. Well, how'd you get there? God. And, and how do you have a marriage? God. And Brandon yesterday, how'd you win it? God. When God is at the center of it, 
you stand to prosper. If you divorce God, you distance yourself, you have your own thoughts, then you have issues. But providence means that God provides. Providence means that Deuteronomy 10, 14, to the Lord your God belong all of the heavens, the highest heavens, I love that, at the, at the top, you can't go above God. He's at the top. And also the earth with all that is in it. You don't have to subvert God. You don't have to find a pathway, a secret pathway. But God has this uh, providentially. The word providential is our focus this morning. It's, 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 it's a Latin word which means that God sees ahead of what we're going to live. He sees down the road, and since he sees down the road, he's going to provide. See how that po that's powerful? The providence of God. From the highest heaven to the earth, he has provided. Every time I've read Exodus chapter 2 verse 3, I'm, uh, I'm very concerned because when we run out of ideas, and there Moses' mom ran out of ideas, and her best idea was to stick him in an ark uh, that was covered in asphalt and tar, and she put this child in the Nile. I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Ten Commandments, and Moses, and, and you see a baby that's released into the Nile, and you get the thoughts of, this is crazy parenting. Where, how, how will he end up in the right place at the right time with the right people? The providence of God. That God has his hand on our lives. He has his hand on our marriage. He has his hand on our finances. We, we have nothing to worry about because the full provision of God, when she could no longer hide him, she took him, put him in an ark, and laid it at the river's bank. As that little ark ran up, the sister, verse 4, was following close behind to see what would happen. Some people are, are looking at their lives. I wonder if their marriage is going to work. I wonder if their family is going to go well. I wonder if their finances. Listen, God's plans for us is to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future, to bring us into relationship, to bring us into purposes. 19 years ago when we said we're going to change the world, people are like, these people are insane they're not thinking well. You can, you can know, and every time somebody says, uh, my friends would say, well, Joaquin, when you get married, you'll see how tough marriage is, and then Christianity won't work. Guess what? It worked very well in my marriage. Oh, wait. Yeah, after that, they said, well, wait when you start working at the law firm and all the hassles of economy and, and business and clients. You won't be able to be a Christian. Guess what? It worked very well. In God's design, prosperity in my business, in my marriage. Well, wait till you have kids because kids bring a lot of responsibilities. And then Christianity, it works super well. In every season of my life, as God's providence, you know, we were talking about it last night. We were talking about when this church started, um, I was the worship leader. Me and my guitar. And so we were leading worship for almost a full year when Spring of Life was born. And one day I would call the, the, the worship team together and, and I said, guys, 
the Lord told me not to play anymore. And they all looked at me like, if you don't play, who's going to play? Who's going to lead worship? I said, I don't know, but God's about to do something. And so I stopped playing the worship, the guitar, leading the worship in our services. And then the next week, we had a family. Uh, we saw in Leda Torres showed up. They were number one worship leaders in the Spanish uh, church community there was five top albums this was before marco's wit five top albums and they had three of their albums in first place the three of the best five uh albums in christianity they showed up at our church they said well you guys don't have a worship leader we'll take over <laughs> and for two years they led worship here you know what that's called divine providence God shows up way above what you're thinking. Why? He sees ahead. And so when the worship team says, we well, don't know what's going to happen, who was looking at it? God. If they would have come and seen me leading worship, they, they would have said, you guys already have a worship leader. So we'll go off to the next. Uh, El Rey Jesus, Maldonado, and Alpha and Omega, Albert Delgado wanted this family. Because they were the premier family in Christianity leading worship. Uh, the husband, the wife, and the 20 children. No, they have like eight. They're all musicians. And in the 70s and 80s, they started a group called Menudo. They were, they were professional musicians. And the Lord brought them into Spring of Life for two years. But the week before they came, the Lord told me, quit playing your guitar. So here it is. What I'm trying to say is, if you're going to participate with divine providence, you have to have an ear to hear God. You can't be doing your own thing. You can't be walking in your own strength. Because then God says, you know something? I won't. You won't be visited by my providence. I mean, one of the first verses I heard when I walked into a Christian church was 1 Corinthians 2.9. It's written. The eyes have not seen, the ears have not heard, the heart has not considered or contemplated. This is the verse that talks about divine providence. If I'm not seeing, if I'm not hearing, if I'm not thinking what's in my heart, then what's going to happen? I need to see, I need to hear, and I need to think. And that's where the people won't see the providence of God. Because God has prepared the same word. Ahead of time, he foresaw things and has prepared things for those who love him, for those who want to see his providence, those who, who desire to see God. It, it's an issue of the heart. We talked about it on Wednesday. Is your heart cultivated to allow for divine providence? Divine providence is when you're not involved and you get to foresee God's involvement. This is powerful. When you read 1 Peter 1.18, it says, The lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. You're like, what? What is this? Knowing that you were not redeemed from corruptible things like silver, gold, your aimless, vain conduct that you received from the traditions of your fathers. This is not how you live your life. Verse 19, but the precious blood of of the lamb, the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Where did this lamb come from? Indeed, it was foreordained before 
He even structured what was going to build the earth. The foundations of the world was manifest in these last times Christ would be revealed to you. When, when did Christ, when was he a lamb presented to die and shed his blood for our sins? When? Before the earth was made. Well, God knew things from then? Absolutely. He knew that you would come into this world. Well, how is that? It's called the divine providence of God. He saw things way before they happened. Well, why didn't we see it? Because just like Paul, Galatians 1.15, he has to be brought back to that place to understand. He says, when it pleased God, separating me from my mother's womb. Can you go back that far? Can you say God had a plan when I was still in my mother's womb? Is from that point that divine providence is actually, I thought I just came into existence. No. He, he tells Jeremiah the same thing. He says, when I was only um, unformed substance. This is, this is not even, I don't think even healthy to consider uh, what's that mean. But let's go there in Psalm 139, 16. He tells Jeremiah, I knew you from your mother's womb. He tells David, you, uh, God, you knew my substance before it was formed, being yet unformed. That means before, you know, usually when you see a fetus, you get to tell if it's going to be a boy or a girl because of the formations that it has. Well, before there's even a capacity to see if it's boy or girl because there's no form. The substance is just, just getting put together. The eyes of God are seeing this. And he says, in your book, all the days of my life were written. The things you had worked out, fashioned, means like putting together a poetry. We are his workmanship. His poema is the Greek word. Uh, I, I, I learned something when a poet puts together a poem, he never writes a negative poem. All the poems are always ending up in ministering to the heart of good things that fall in place. It's like a song. There's no sad, depressed poems. Uh, in its putting together, his workmanship is a glorious manifestation of flourishing. Your eyes saw me before I was formed, and all this was written. So when I, when I heard that the eyes had not seen, ears had not heard, things prepared from before, the things for those who love him, I began to say, God, the things you've written about me, I want to, that to be. I, I want you to put this together, the life. And so people will see your life and they will see the manifest glory of his divine providence. You'll see that God put it together in his way, uh, his way does not fall apart. His way is not cursed. Our way falls apart. Our building, when we build on the sand, he says there's a wise man who builds on the rock, but the foolish man builds on the sand. And when the rains come and the flood rises and the wind blows, great is its fall and ruin. And so some people say, well, look at my life. It doesn't reflect the providence of God. Listen, my friend, start surrendering your heart. Start saying and saying, Lord, the things you've written about my life, let them come to pass. So I've had people tell me all the time, it's too late for me. No, it's not too late for you. Start today. Start right now. 
A lot of times the devil's game plan is my past doesn't reflect his providence. Well, start today and start right now saying, God, the things you've written about me, the things that you have uh, detailed, it's really powerful when you see God's description of his providence. You see uh, Nehemiah describing Abraham, and this we were talking about the life of Abraham. And how the Lord made a covenant with him. Nehemiah 9 verse 7. You are the Lord God who chose Abraham. In him we are living that same reality. You brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans. And you, play, you gave him a new name. From Abram to Abraham. Verse 8. You found his heart faithful to you. His heart was aligned with your heart. So you made a covenant with him to give him uh, the land to him and his descendants. The land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezrites, Jebusites, Girgashites. You have kept your promise because you are righteous. Look at the difference between a man whose heart is faithful to God. And then Jeremiah, uh, I believe it's um, 12... Let's, let's look at that real quick. He says uh, in Jeremiah 18, 12, the, the verse is written, we're not going to listen to you, Lord. We consider there's no hope in your plans. You don't have a future us. So since we're not going to walk in your divine providence, we will walk according to our own plans and we will follow the dictates of our wicked heart. There there it is. Divine providence or or falling out of God's provision. You're going to have to figure it out for yourselves. You're not going to be able to walk in the manifest glory of the Lord. And so this is a people that were hearing Jeremiah speak to them the word of the Lord. And, and their, their scenario is, we're, we're not interested in divine providence. We're, we got our own plans. God is, is disturbing us. 1 Chronicles 29, 12 says, both riches and honors are the result of God's handout. The result of, of the future that God has for us, riches and honor come from you. You are above all things. The, the word sovereign is, sovereign is above, reign, one who rules. Put God over all things in your life. In your hand is the power and might. In your hand it is to be made great and to give strength to all. What, what are the... What, what, are, what is the design for prosperity? Psalm 1, 1, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't, don't follow natural ways of prosperity. Follow God. He is the one that knows all things from the beginning. I love that verse in Isaiah 46, 10. He declares the finality from the beginning. He speaks of the end result of things from the beginning, from ancient times, things that are not yet even come into existence. 
He says, my counsel shall stand. I will do all that brings me pleasure. I will, I will, I will order your steps so that you prosper in all your ways. This is what Abraham learned in Genesis 22. In verse 7, when his son asked him, Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, saying, My father, and he says, Yes, son. Isaac says, Look, the fire is here, the wood is here, but where is the burnt offering? How are we going to sacrifice on the altar? This is where Abraham is able to declare, and, and I hope after today, your declaration is, verse 8, Abraham said, my son, God is providential. God will provide for himself the lamb and the burnt offering. So the two went away together. Um, I, I think it's exciting when a father's able to speak to his son and saying, you know something? Down the road, we stand to look forward to good things. Down the road, God already has provided if, if you have a daughter the majority of the daughters are going out marrying any fly by night and they hang on thinking that that's God's provision and, and that is a curse and they will see them fall outside of God's plan because they've turned from God's ways they've they, they their evil heart the, uh, in the book of Hebrews it says you had a wicked heart of unbelief your heart turned against knowing that God is faithful. And to be able to say, uh, let's pray according to God's divine providence. Genesis chapter 41. We have the, the picture of Joseph. And uh, he tells Pharaoh, there's going to be a time down the road where there's going to be some fat cows and there's going to be a time down the road where there are going to be skinny cows. Genesis 41, verse 30. After the seven years of famine will arise a time of plenty in the land of Egypt. And the famine will deplete the land. There's going to be a time down the road where you need to start making arrangements. Verse 31. So the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following it. For it will be very severe. Verse 32, and the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. Lord, teach me. You know, a, a lot of people want, and it's customary, you call a man of God and you say, I want to hear from God. Listen, hear from God yourself. Hear from God yourself. And, and you're not going to hear from God if you don't put yourself away in a corner where God speaks. If, if you're not seeking his face, if you're not considering his ways, he has a period of time for prosperity. He has a period of time for waiting. And if you rush ahead when you're supposed to wait, you're going to miss God. And a lot of people do that. This was what happened to Abraham when, when he took off with Hagar. He brought about an Ishmael. And, and that's always been an issue. So let's ask God today. Listen to, to the natural thing of this. In Acts 24, 2, Paul is telling a man, 
we enjoyed great peace and prosperity that you brought to this nation by your foresight. If a man in the natural is able to look down the road and say, you know something, I'm going to plan these things to happen so I could enjoy them with foresight, how much more God? How much more God has a game plan for our lives? And so this is the most powerful thing for our Christian walk. To understand that God is good, that his, his plans for us are great prosperity and advance, that there's seasons for that. We're, we're not like the Gentiles running with our heads cut off to and fro. We don't have to devise plans for prosperity. The plans have already been sought and brought out by God. Genesis 45 verse 5. But Joseph says, God sent me ahead of you. Do not be saddened or angry with yourselves. But you sold me here. All the things that happened in, in our lives as a family before this time is God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. A lot of times, this didn't look like a pretty picture in Joseph's life. He, he could have gotten bitter and angry. Things in his life happened before things came down the road. He was number two in charge of Egypt. His, his road led him. Everything, being sold off, being stuck in prison, being accused, being displaced. And then at the end, verse 7, he says, all these things was part of God's game plan to rush me ahead. God sent me before you to preserve our posterity and to save your lives by great deliverance. Why does God allow things to be messed up? Because he sees a little farther than you. Because he knows a little bit farther than you. I thank God for times of despair in my life. Times where sadness, things were, didn't make sense. But they prepared my heart for things that were coming down the road. They aligned myself up for great salvation and deliverance to many peoples. Regardless of, of the coming and the going of these matters. I hope that the Spirit of God today gives you a heart. Look what Leviticus 25.20 says. He says, on the seventh year, you're not going to plant. That was the rule amongst Israel. Every seven years, they would give the, the land a time of rest, and a time of, of no process. And they asked the Lord, well, then what are we going to do? How many talk to God like that? What you going to do? What's going to happen with me? If I don't want to do it myself, and then God's not going to show me. And, and you're just wait, you're whining, and, and you're, you're upset. And God says, listen, if you're asking me what you're going to eat on the seventh year, when I've told you not to sow and not to gather, verse 21 says, I'm on the seventh year, I will command my blessing upon you on the sixth year, and it will bring enough fruit for you to produce for three years. You guys missed it. Or else there would have been an amen, at least. In the time where there's no action, and you think, that, oh, I didn't do nothing, so I get nothing. Listen, God says, if you keep my providence, in the year that there's nothing being done, I will command my blessing three years amen. of prosperity. 
And this incidentally has to be our year, 2017, where we would say we're not going to do anything this year. How many remember in January? We said for the first time after 19 years in spring of life, we're not going to do anything. It's like, Pastor, what do you mean we're not going to? We're not going to do anything. We're just going to sit and watch the faithfulness of God. And some people are in that track, and they're seeing things that they never thought was possible. In a year of nothing, everything is coming. In a year where they, they haven't moved, and God is showing up with flying colors. He says, I will command my blessing. This is the important thing about divine providence. It's not the basis of what you do or how you do. And the more you do, the less return you get. But if you wait upon God three years of produce, he will bring forth. This math does not add up to the natural man. He believes he needs to do something. So this is what we do in spring of life. I tell people all the time, look at the life of a man who believes in God's providence. Mark, notice the man who is not moved in his own strength, but is moving in the heart of God. Psalm 37, verse 37. If you notice this man and you observe the upright, the future of this man is peace. He's not stressed out. He's not overwhelmed, saying he's falling behind because he's waiting on God's timing. That's what divine providence allows you to do. God is good. God has already seen my future. He's already provided for me. I could just wait upon the Lord because he's not going to miss me. Observe this man who his whole life is according to divine providence. The future of this man is peace. Well, what's the contrast? Verse 38. The transgressor shall fall apart, shall be destroyed. The future of this man will be cut off. The future of a man who does not come into divine providence is to miss out. Why? Verse 39. Because salvation of the righteous man is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. Verse 40, the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because their confidence is in the Lord. All throughout scripture, the divine providence of God and those who move with God have seen his glory. James chapter five, verse seven says, like a farmer waits patiently for the harvest if you know about God's divine providence, you just wait for the harvest. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until God shows up. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and the latter rain, the provision from heaven. Let God take you to the next level. Let God show you that he has figured it out. Ask God for the spirit of patience. Ask God to live according to his providence. The capacity to see ahead of time and to move. Lord, let me see your hand. Romans 8.28, a favorite verse is that he causes all things to work in unison for good. He's putting all things together 
for good to those that love God and are called according to his divine providence. Let's stand up this morning. And, and we know that, that we just, you know, touching the surface of this, but, but importantly it is that our heart not wander. Your heart wanders and you tie yourself and your life into a pretzel. You, you think that the more you squirm, you're going to come out of these things. I, I don't know if you're able to answer your children. God has made provision. Like Abraham told Isaac, you don't have to worry about it. The Bible goes as far as saying as, as Abraham knew that even though he were to go through with the sacrifice, God could raise Isaac from the dead. His, his, his seeing God all the way through and not throwing the towel. Uh, I usually teach on Mephibosheth. As, as the enemy was coming in, the nurse was running in fear and she dropped the child. And she hurt him for the rest of his life. He became disabled. And I believe a lot of people that are running with their lives and they're running in fear and not in confidence, they, their lives is, is disabled. They, it, it affects your life of faith thinking that God's not going to show up. Show up. I, I want this church to be a church that is confidence that God is good eternally and that he has seen down the road way before, way before you even thought of a matter. He's, he provides with excellence and, and his glory is going to be all over your life. Now, the issue, and it's always been the issue, uh, and we see it in Israel. Oh, Moses, you brought us out to the desert to kill us. We got to go back to Egypt and think like the world. The world is lost because they don't believe God is, and they don't believe that God rewards those who diligently seek Him. So the more we're able to to come into confidence, and that's faith, a, a trust in the divine providence of God. Um, I want to tell you that 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 this envelops nations, boundaries. Uh, I think it's Acts 17, 26. He has predetermined our dwelling place. He, he knows it. There it is. He's made, he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries where they're to abide. Uh, the majority of the men are, are running outside. They're trying to find their provision uh, across the street, down the road, in the next city, in the, in the next place, and they're missing God. And so being still and knowing that you're at the right place at the right time with the right people, God shows up every time and crowns you with his favor and crowns you. Uh, you just, your heart has to beat according to his spirit. There's a spirit in this world that doesn't think God is good, doesn't think God shows up, thinks it's a waste of time, it's stupid to, to, to live a life of faith, it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I've, been, I, I've been totally, uh, you know, left out for this guy is going to dry up in the backside of the desert. Guess what? There's a flourishing tree of fruitfulness in knowing time and place determined by God ahead of time. 
And so I don't have to, I don't have to mess with God's, I, I need to find out where he is and, and put myself right under that shadow of the mighty God, of his plans for my life. The first uh, 10 years of my life, I saw David, I saw Moses saying, you've written about me in the book that's up in heaven. And they would say, Lord, let it come to pass what you've written. Jesus Christ says, it's written me of this, in the scroll. I present myself. I've come to do your will. That's what I do. Lord, why do you want me upon the earth? Fulfill your purpose. And then I'm telling you the truth. I've told a lot of people, I don't want to be here one day after I need to be here. A lot of you are saying, oh, don't come, Lord, please. Listen to it. You don't want do your assignment on the earth and get to heaven and a lot of my friends are there already. I, I used to see the people that says, why do I want to go to heaven? All my friends are in hell. They have that saying, but I have it the opposite. I have already some friends in heaven that I miss. I want to be in fellowship with Jesus, with all the men of God, all the women of God. I want to live his providence upon the earth, and I'm a pilgrim and a stranger. I'm out of here. And, and it's, it's reason for joy and peace. So... Get into the divine providence of God. Teach your children. They're upon the earth to do the will of God. And then, whoosh, let's get out of here. Let's uh, uh, ask the musicians to come up here real quick. I'm glad you're in the house of God. I'm glad you heard this message. Don't let the devil mess with you. You place me in the womb, Lord. You've given me the breath of life. You have authored my life, and you're the author and finisher. We, we don't need to add to it. And so some people have plans outside. Uh, we were seeing this guy from Lincoln Park, uh, the lead singer who just committed suicide uh, about a week ago or 10 days ago. And so his 12-year-old daughter has to sit there and sing at his funeral and, and say, you know, what this dad is a millionaire, he's famous, he's rich, but he has no divine providence. And so now his 12-year-old daughter is like, what happened? Why, why, why didn't dad know the author of life? Why didn't he have peace? And so darkness invaded his heart and he took his life, he hung himself. And uh, we, we need to be able to be really attuned with divine providence. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you for a day to rejoice and to be glad. A day to see your hand in our life in every aspect. We can see that way ahead of every dilemma, you are a refuge. We can place our trust in you. David says in Psalm 37, I've been young and now I'm old. And your providence has never led the righteous to be forsaken or his children to beg for bread. We pray, oh God, that our lives will reflect your glory. Whether we be placed like Moses in the Nile with the alligators and the hippotamus and, and all the threats that seek to devour us, Lord, there's a place that you lead our lives for purpose, significance, prosperity, power, might, honor, ministry for your glory, Lord that we might serve in the purpose of God in our generation like David and then fall asleep with the fathers, oh God. Make our heart vibrant. Make our heart beat strong with the understanding that you sent us ahead for deliverance. 
You sent us ahead for salvation of many. Father, use our lives. Use our words. Use our families, our children for your glory, Lord. Thanks for the blessing that you command over us, Lord. To prosper us in all our ways. To make our descendants mighty. To give them prominence and affluence, influence in this land. Father, that we might wait in your timing for all things. We pray, Father God, that you cause all things in our life to work together for good. For those that love you and are called according to your purpose. We praise your name. We command blessing on the storehouses of your people, Lord. That they have resources. That they have uh, abundance of harvest, relationships, and contact contacts and business relationships and commerce Lord to fill the earth Lord with the manifest presence of your goodness in our lives bless those who are faithful to tithe and to give offerings and to prosper the kingdom we give you thanks for Desmond Frey and Sandy Frey Justin Joel Janelle Father we pray Father God in Jesus name that you be glorified over their lives Father, we pray that their descendants might be powerful in the land. We pray for your glory to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And we will rejoice, O oh God. We will rejoice with song and dance at the goodness of our God. In Jesus' name we pray. And the house of God says, Amen.